welcome to the Pod Pros series of Indian Podcasting Revolution. In this series, we sit across some leading podcast experts from across the globe to do some crystal ball gazing around the rise of podcasts. They share with us the tips, strategies, and the disruptive work they are doing in the world of podcasting. I'm your host and founder of Done For You Podcast, Roshni Baronia. And why wait further? Let's jump right in. I'm sure every podcaster has passed this phase when they absolutely hate their voice on playback. So many great podcast ideas never saw the light of the day because the brain said, Hey, you sound horrible. Who is going to listen to you? So Podpals, today I have just the person who brings a wealth of knowledge and expertise to the mic. Nick Redman, a seasoned voice coach, is joining us all the way from UK to share with us the secrets to unlocking that confident and captivating podcast voice. So without further ado, Nick, welcome to Indian Podcasting Revolution. How are you doing today? Very well, thanks. Thanks so much for having me. What a lovely intro. (laughs) Short and sweet. But yes, the elaborate one will be there in the show notes because of course you do so many things. You yourself host two podcasts. So that's incredible and people should go and check that out. Yeah, I've got two. So I've got the Voice Coach podcast, which is my solo one, and the VoiceOver Social podcast, which is more about the voiceover industry. So both voice related, unsurprisingly. Big podcast nut and voice nut here. <laughs> exactly. That's such a surprise. <laughs> so, so yeah, Nick, can you share a little bit about your background and journey as a voice coach and how you got involved in helping people improve their voice? Yes. So I started life as a performer and then I accidentally stumbled into voiceover work actually because somebody somewhere needed my accent and I just All of a sudden, as soon as I stepped behind a microphone, I felt at home, like that was what I'd been waiting to find. (laughs) And then I sort of set up as a voiceover artist and got a home studio and investigated that. And then I went, basically just got obsessed with voice. So I went back to the drama school I'd trained at in London to do another master's degree, which was MA in voice studies, which was essentially an MA in voice coaching, <laughs> which was a quite unique course at the time. So that was the where the coaching piece came in. And that was just like the final piece in the puzzle for me. So as ultimately I joined because I wanted to learn more about my voice and how to use that behind the microphone. But actually what I found was this real love for helping other people understand their voices and try and open the gates to voice coaching for people for whom potentially they didn't even know it existed or weren't quite sure how to get into it or whether it was for them as speakers. Because I I do feel sometimes there might be a bit of a barrier between the fact people seem to think sometimes that voice coaching is only for top politicians or huge business people or performers, but actually there's so much that's holistic and useful and beneficial for everybody about exploring their voice. So That's my main MO these days. My modus operandi is making sure as many people as possible, particularly when they talk on the microphone like podcasters, understand the simple, easy things that they can do to make the podcast recording experience a lot more easy, fun and enjoyable and expressive and and engaging for them. That's incredible. And that's so purpose-driven. It sounds so uh, purpose-driven because it's not just about working with the high profile people, but it's about 
providing your services to everyone and anyone who wants to speak to the mic. Talking about your expertise specifically, when you say coaching, I always associate coaching with a lot of work around mindset and limiting beliefs, which I I come to understand is one of the biggest barriers for people to owning their voice and loving their voice, embracing their voice. They feel very self-conscious about their voices. So what are some of the common inhibitions people have when it comes to their voices and how they can overcome this? Yeah, it's mainly this, actually, the barrier to hearing themselves. So we, the way we hear ourselves when we speak is very different to how we hear ourselves when it's played back on a microphone, on a, on a speaker. So initially, when people hear themselves back for the first time, they're like, what? That's not my voice. I don't sound like that. Oh my gosh. And for mo- I think I sa- we sound better in our head, but not on the playback. <laughs> right, yeah. So we hear ourselves with much often usually like a deeper tone when in our own heads, you know, because when we speak, we hear the sound coming out of our mouths and into our ears, but we also hear the sound through internal resonance and vibration. So you get like, I call it like a human stereo effect. You know, you're hearing your voice in two different ways at the same time. Whereas when you hear it in a speaker, you're just hearing it from there into your ears through the air. So you don't get that second level, which tends to sort of dampen things down a little bit. So for people who make a conscious decision to speak on the microphone, that's the technical element that you have to overcome. But it's right what you talk about, you know, about mindset and limiting beliefs, because a lot of people grow up with people around them, often for very good, well-meaning reasons, telling them to speak differently, speak properly, correct this sound, speak slower. Women, you speak too high. You use too much vocal fry. You don't sound this. You Stop going up at the end, you know? And we grow up with a lot of negative input into our voices. And people don't actually realize, unless they're in a privileged position like me as the person receiving the inquiries about how to help people through this, they don't realize the damaging effect it has. And I think people underestimate how much your voice is connected to your entire being, your personality, your upbringing, your family, your friendship groups, your sense of who you are. And a lot of the time, people spend their life being told their voice isn't right or good enough or not what it should be. And that, again, then when you get to the point where you need to share your voice for work or you have the chance to speak on a, an important topic or something, that's when you suddenly realize, I don't think my voice is worthy here. I don't think my voice deserves to be in this space. And that's the sort of thing you end up overcoming as well with public speakers and podcasters. Because podcasting is such an integral part of business marketing for people now. And it's a wonderful way to make connections with people and to form relationships. But getting people on the mic and getting them to feel like themselves and comfortable on the mic is the main barrier. Yeah, absolutely. I think it feels more like when you are out there in person, how you dress up and put on your clothes and there is an entire makeover that you do for yourself when you go out to meet someone. And for in the podcasting world, your voice becomes that clothing and the wrap that you put on the marketing that you are doing, the brand that you are presenting. And it's what people feel and observe firsthand. So like they say, people judge you in like three seconds by just seeing at you, right? And your voice is that clothing and you're the impression that you make on your listeners firsthand, right? Yeah, I love that. 
that rap, the word rap is really nice, I think. It's something that people also make those snap judgments about. Happens a lot in the UK because we have such a diverse range of accents. You know, some people speak and assumptions are made about their intelligence, their education, their class because of the way they speak. And it's a very archaic, outdated way of judging people. But unfortunately, it's still quite prevalent here in the UK. So that's tough. So what happens is people tend to try and change the rap (laughs) to sound like something they think it should sound like or like someone they heard once who they think is brilliant on podcasting or like the best podcaster who's doing the top podcast. You know, they try and make, they try and change their rap to be what they think the public needs to hear to view them in a certain way or to hear them in a certain way. Interestingly, that's one of the things I find most I love working with this, but it's one of the hardest things is getting people to understand they can just sound like themselves. They don't have to be somebody else or sound like the podcaster that came before them. They can sound like them and their voice, their unique, you know, one in a million squillion in the whole world, that voice can be part of their brand. They don't have to change it. Yeah, I so agree with you. But I also understand and I have felt this myself when I was starting with podcasting is that uh, we always look for that uh, perfect voice, baritone voice, the deep husky voice. And I wanted to know from you whether the perfect voice is is it really a thing? Is there something called a perfect voice uh, that people crave for? And if it is, what it is called, <laughs> what it looks like or sounds like? <laughs> there is absolutely a perfect voice. And that is the voice that you have. And I think the problem is what we think about this word perfect. So there is no technically perfect, aesthetically perfect, tick box perfect voice for any of us, even the top vocal performers in the world are always striving to be better, finding more efficient ways to make the sound, extending their range, be finding ways to be more expressive. The perfect voice for a podcast is your voice. <laughs> now, there's loads of things you can do to play with it, explore it, make it more expressive, make it more engaging and use it in a way to, to share your message or get conversations started but it's just the voice that you already have. And that's what I like working with. You know, so many people come to me. Well, I get different types of inquiries. One would be voice problems, you know, like early onset fatigue, a desire to have more range or intonation, issues with articulation, things like that, or, you know, things that have happened because of injury, those kinds of things, which need specific technical uh, work. But then there's people who also come saying, somebody said my voice was too squeaky. Or somebody said my voice was too fast. And those are the inquiries that are very much based on somebody else's subjective opinion, (laughs) which are the ones that I think make people feel their voice is imperfect. So, I mean, nothing's perfect. But if we're thinking about what's the perfect podcast voice, it is yours, the voice that you already have. So beautiful, beautifully said. So if we were to nail down a few elements of a compelling and engaging podcast voice, what would you list out as top three or five things? I think the only thing ultimately that is important when it comes to any kind of voice work, and let's obviously stick with podcasting, is that people understand what you're saying. 
So that's step one. The first thing that will turn an audience off you or make the listener switch to something else is if they can't understand what you're saying. So clarity within the confines or the boundaries of what your accent or your dialect are. And the argument there for me is also is, well, you know, if you have an accent that is different or interesting or new to somebody, if they and it's kind of harder for them to understand, but it's an accent feature, there's not an issue going on, then it's up to the listener to decide whether they want to hear what you've got to say enough to keep listening and to listen a little harder. I think one of the things we expect these days as listeners is that everything is just on a plate, very easy, and it's just instant, isn't it? And actually, sometimes, because of the global world that podcasting is, we have to, as listeners, we have to try a bit harder. And I think that's an important thing to bring up as well. Just as a sidebar, <laughs> as a listener, if you're also a listener, not just a podcaster, which you should be if you're a podcaster, try and reflect on any moments where you go, oh, I couldn't understand what they were saying. And just think, is it because... I literally couldn't understand or is it because it was a new accent or a different dialect or something that my brain is not used to processing? So I think the first thing is understandability. (laughs) Can you understand what I'm saying? There are probably people listening to your podcast unfamiliar with my accent and they'll either decide they want to keep listening or they (laughs) or they or they, they don't want to like and if they like how I sound as in what I've got to say then I'm sure they'll make the effort to stay with us. Stay with us, please. I know I've got weird Irish vowels, but they're uh, what what I'm saying is useful. I but promise. they are golden nuggets. So they are golden. So many golden In nuggets. In any accent. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Emerald green. So I think the main thing is intelligibility. Um, for me, then, it's about variety, I suppose. And, you know, any repeated action is boring. And sort of gets a bit distracting. So if you're always talking on the same, like if you're a little bit monotone, I mean, nobody's completely monotone, but if, you're, if your pitch range is small or if you always do the same thing over and over again, like if your pitch pattern or the tune of your sound is the same over and over again, then it's probably going to irk people. We all have things that trigger our, well, it's called mesophonia, this kind of ah, thick sounds that kind of get on our goat, kind of annoy us. So for some people that voices do trigger certain things, you cannot, you cannot control how someone receives you. You can only put your voice into the world and find your listener. But that being said, there are ways of making sure that that variety can be found in an authentic, easy way. And that's about really understanding that you're telling a story and that you're trying to impact somebody when they're listening and getting out of your head trying to not focus on how you sound when you record and focus more on how the listener, you want the listener to feel. Because if you're focusing on how the listener should feel when they hear what you're saying, you're not worrying about what you sound like. And then the instinct is to have a freer, more expressive, engaging voice anyway, because you've got a purpose. You know, you've got a reason to be there because you want to make someone feel excited, intrigued, shocked, upset, confused, challenged, you know. So I suppose the two I gave there were, yeah, expression and intelligibility, probably. Yes, yes. Clarity, intelligibility, variety. So yeah, I like that because I think it is very difficult for any podcaster to put their thought into how the listener will feel. Because if you are narrating a story, then probably you are in that situation and then you tend to feel 
the situations and the characters and the highs and lows of the moment. But I think for business podcasts, I think it's very difficult for people to bring out that variety in voice <laughs> or the emotion. Yeah. It's just different. This is, well, that's a really interesting point. And I have to say, with all the respect in the world, I completely disagree. Okay. Because, and actually, as a business person, if you're doing a podcast, there is a reason that you feel your voice is the way to share what you've got to say, right? Why are you not writing a blog? Why are you not just sending an email? Why are you not just doing social media posts or LinkedIn posts? You're there because you want to connect with somebody in a different way, which is voice, which is incredibly powerful. Now, I know people who, you know, have, let's say, from the outside jobs that people might think are boring, but they're incredibly passionate about it. And if you get, let's say, cornered by them at a party, they're going to make you understand, actually, that, you know, integers and decimal points are an incredibly important part of human existence. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> so there's always a way in for you as a speaker, and there should be a way in, because otherwise, why are you bothering to speak at all? So it's about understanding that when somebody hears what you want to, what you say, what do you need them to think about? What do you need them to feel? what do you need them to do? It's that think, feel, do thing that comes up a lot with presentation, coaching and speaking. It's like, so if, if, if I've got to say, you know, I don't know, what's a really boring topic? Well, for me, it's maths, right? Maths. Yes. For me, it's maths. Oh God. So if I was, if somebody was doing a math, maths podcast and the first three lines were, thanks for listening to the Maths is Brilliant podcast. Today, I'm going to tell you about adding up. Here's a brilliant way to get better at adding up, right? That was the intro. There's three lines there and they can have very different emotional feels, right? So thank you for joining me. This is the podcast would be like, it's a thank you. It's a welcome. It's a warmth. It's bringing people in. It's saying, you know what? It's actually quite a privilege to have your ear for the next 20 minutes. And I really appreciate you being here. So thank you. So that's one way that you get a variety. Then the next line is, right, this is what we're going to talk about. So that's more informative, educational. And then the next line is, this exercise is brilliant. This is really going to help you. It's why you're here. This exercise might change your life. So in that situation, that line is like inspiring, intriguing, exciting. So yes, it's about maths, which no disrespect to anyone who loves maths. For me, it's not my vibe. <laughs> Luckily these days, I don't have to worry about it because I can just Google it. Google it. Get someone to do it for me. But can you see how you can find an emotional journey through anything? And actually, that's one of the things that I find most exciting and that people find really useful is looking at what they've got to say, separating it into a story, a story arc, even as as, in, as kind of intricate or simple as you want and mapping the emotional journey you're taking somebody on, because that's podcasting. If you're not planning to take them on a journey with you through the story, through the solution, through the idea, the thought, then why are you, why are you taking their time? Just send it in an email write a blog you know thank you for uh, making that uh, point and i'm sure anyone who is listening to this episode particularly and is doing a business podcast will take note of it that no matter what you are saying it's about how you say it and how you make your listener feel so there is a story arc there is a journey to every content piece that you put out through a podcast incredible i love that so the next thing i wanted to ask uh, from you was about the bit piece of accents that you touched upon earlier 
I have noticed a couple of people take on an accent which is not their own original just for the sake of either a podcast or generally as a speaker persona. Do you think that is something which people should do? It's advisable, not advisable? What are your thoughts around it? I am very much an advocate for, again, it's your podcast. And the only thing that you have, no matter how good your knowledge is or how good your ideas are or how innovative a thinker you are, the only original thing that you have to put out into the podcasting space is your voice, your literal voice. It's you. So why waste that remarkable opportunity by trying to sound like somebody else or by concentrating so much on not sounding like yourself that you're not focusing on the words you're saying and the impact you're trying to have? What I find is people come for sessions for me and they'll be like, Hiya. Um, so this is so exciting. Like um, I've got my podcast da, 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 and, and, and I'll be like, OK, great. Well, let's take a look at the intro and they'll read your intro and they'll go, welcome. Thanks for joining me on my podcast about trees. I really love trees. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. What's happened there? Exactly. <laughs> Where is your voice gone? <laughs> so for me, it's all about actually giving people the confidence in their voice by showing them a little bit about how it works in a fun and easy in curious way. I do a lot of the technical stuff, warming up, increasing range, making sure the breath is working, alignment, you know, releasing tension, helping with nerves, all that stuff, so that they know when they get on the mic, they can just concentrate on the person they're speaking to and not worry about their voice. A lot of the time on the microphone, because mics pick stuff up, right? They pick up the pops and the clicks and the trip ups and the noisy in-breaths and all this kind of stuff. If you know a little bit about the technique and you've got a decent quick warm up to get you started so that when you jump on the mic, you're not thinking about forming the words or worrying that the words are going to come out right or that your voice will sound interesting, you're focusing your attention completely on the story you're telling, whether it's about the tech industry or maths or some amazing new thing you've invented. (laughs) It's all about making sure that when you get in there on the mic, You can just let your voice be. Yes. I want to touch upon those uh, vocal warm-ups and techniques in a bit. But before that, I also wanted to just ask from you about variety. You touched upon variety also uh, in voice modulation. So how can people work on this aspect of their voice and make their podcast engaging, grab the audience's attention? What can they do to bring in more variety? Great. So there's a couple of things. Let's let I'll give you two things. One is technically technical stuff and one is more like emotional or words kind of stuff and intention. So the first one is the main thing that will hinder your vocal variety. So remove your highs and your lows and your variation is tension. So when our voice in order to go high and low it needs to be able the instrument needs to be able to move. The larynx needs to rise and lower and tilt and the vocal folds need to stretch and release and do all these incredible things. And what what stops that from happening is tension. So if you're nervous, people find their vocal range goes. If they're, they just jump on and don't do any prep. If they're stressed, you know, if they've been using a voice for a long period of time that is for whatever way inefficient, whether it's breath or 
a lot of the time with men, it's this feeling that they have to push their larynx down to sound manly and everything feels a little bit like this. You know, if you've been using a voice that isn't the most efficient way to use your instrument, there can be tension in there. So the first thing I do is help people release tension. And that's a load of very peculiar exercises, (laughs) all based in science, (laughs) but often they're a bit weird. And then the second thing is that intention piece, because all of us have variety when we're telling stories, when we're with our friends, having dinner, outside, walking. We all have variety. I've never met somebody who's spoken to me and not had some kind of variety in their voice. Now that changes depending on the accent you have, but you know, I've never met someone who's tried to tell me a really exciting story that they're passionate about without moving from any pitch at all. Everybody always moves in some way. Like there's no way I could tell my husband how excited I was about this new recipe I found on Instagram without having variety. And that's because I need him to be excited about the recipe because we're having it for tea. You know, there's a real there's a real emotional need and intention behind that. I need him to be like, oh my God, this sounds amazing and not what on earth has she found now? So I'm going, oh my God, so guess what, right? You get the cheese, you know, and I talk him through the story of that little moment. And anytime I meet anybody, there's always variety there. So it's about remembering that when you're on the mic, you are part of a two-way conversation with that one person. And I, I come back to it time and time again. How do you want them to feel about it? Do you want them to come with you? Do you want them actually to bump bump heads with you and disagree with you? Because that's okay as well. You know, some people have that is it like repel content, you know, where they want to, or um, kind of controversial content, you know, they want to spark discussion or annoy people. Like, what is it? How is it you want to make people feel? Because if you release the tension and you have that emotional desire to impact somebody and make them feel something, then that's the beautiful kind of connection of two points that we want. Some people will have the desire to communicate and make someone feel something, but their voice doesn't have the ability to move where it needs to go. Some people will have a beautifully free voice, but they're trying to be too perfect and not focusing too much on their voice, but not on the listener. So for me, it's often about that balance, that balance of prep and understanding and freeing your voice with how do I want to make that person feel? That's so important. And what I hear you saying is that it's not only... So like when we started the conversation or maybe just the intention of the podcast episode was that people should understand their own voice, own their voice. But I hear from you that it's not just about your own voice, but also about how the other person feels about it. What's your intention behind your conversation? How you want them to feel? They want you want them to join in your journey, right? So it's a two-way process. It's a communication. Absolutely. It is completely two-way. And sometimes people get on the mic and they start with the plurals. Hi, everyone. Thanks so much for listening. And that's another thing you have to think about because it's not everyone. It's one person. So it's the intimacy and the emotional connection and the impact you want to have and how that meets how well you know your voice and how much you can trust your voice to go to those expressive places. Because expression isn't just about higher highs and lower lows and more modulation or more tune in the voice. It's also about speed. It's about intonation. It's about using volume. And in order to use those efficiently, you have to know how your voice works and how it's going to respond in different situations. So a lot of the work I do, like in my online 
course, for example, mouth to mic is is actually quite technical to start with because for me, the expression comes a lot more easily and consistently and authentically if the, you know your voice so well that you don't have to worry about it anymore. True, true. So coming back to our point of vocal warm-ups. So can you talk to us a little bit about like or give a few exercises that people can do uh, to just do that vocal warm-up? So one of the first things that I... So I'll give you, how, how many exercises would you like? Three? Yeah, sure. Three is good. Okay, great. So a nice one to play with if you're new to voice work and you don't want to go too mad, but it's good for your body, it's good for your voice, breath and everything, is a nice shoulder roll with a chewy hum. So what I mean by chewy hum is that you get a no- lovely buzzy hum on your lips. Mm. With the lips quite loose, you feel that nice buzzy resonance at the front of the mouth. And then you chew as if you're eating something. So you do that. And at the same time, you roll your shoulders in nice, big, easy shoulders. So kind of circles. So we go. And now if the coordination is a bit hard, just take the chewing out and just hum and roll. Mm, on an easy note that is just wherever instinctively you go. Mm, and then what you can do is go up and down your range a little bit. Mm, mm, mm. So what we're doing there is uh, getting releasing the shoulders, which is great for anxiety and nerves. We're getting the breath moving consistently and the vocal folds vibrating nicely. Breath coming out consistently is also great for settling that adrenaline system if you're nervous or excited, but it's also really good for getting easy closure of the vocal folds. And then we're also releasing the lips, which are one of the main articulators. So you're hitting lots of things. So you have only got time for one exercise. That's a really good one to start with because you're hitting lots of things at the same time. And then the going up and down in pitch helps you with variety. The next thing I would say, and this is where it gets fun, is just moving your face because the more expressive your face is, you know, your body and voice react to each other. <laughs> they kind of work in tandem. So if you tell your eyebrows you're excited, <laughs> you're probably going to go up and pitch. So I like to, you'll have to go with me on this, Roshni, but we're going to just like smush our face around. Apologies if you're just watching the audio. <laughs> it's, a, it's a talent. We're just moving our face in all different directions. <laughs> Definitely vocal warm-ups are not pretty to look at. <laughs> you should ruin. Hi, oh, very dare you. Do it only in front of mirror, not nowhere else, not in front of anyone else. Don't do this when you're stuck in traffic. Yes. It is a good icebreaker, though, if you're interviewing somebody, just to do a few vocal warm-ups before you get started. Move your cheek. Sorry if the mouth noise, the sort of clicky mouth noises. Even, you know, cultural background, gender, those kinds of things. Some people are not used to moving their face. So freeing up the, the face like this really good for helping the articulators get moving. It's also, sidebar, really good for wrinkles because you're getting your vo- your face energized and moving muscles that might be lying oh dormant. This, this is like, this seems like a face gymnasium. Lovely. So give it a real face sm- gymnastics. Yeah. And then what was the other one I was going to do? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. People pay, mm. people pay hundreds of pounds for face yoga these days, Roshni. <laughs> so... I'm giving it to you for (laughs) free. You're welcome. So that's a really good one. And again, it's fun. It's silly. Very good for nerves and adrenaline. All this stuff is really good for mindset. If you can free things up and feel a bit sillier, then, you know, it does settle your whole system down. 
And then the final one we'll do is releasing the tongue, which is helped with this intelligible, that's ironic, intelligibility piece. (laughs) Of course, I trip up on that word. Uh, So you're going to stick your tongue out and now you're going to say days of the week, months of the year and count one to ten. And you can do this in whatever accent you're comfortable with or language. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Are you going to join in? Or is this the line? Is this the line? Have we found the line? <laughs> January, February, March, March, April, April, July, August, September, October, November, December. And then one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Great. Wow. So what we're doing with that is, yeah, most people are like, why though? <laughs> so your tongue is actually directly attached to your larynx by this little bone called the hyoid bone. Now, like I said earlier, when you want to get variety in your voice, your larynx has to move. But often the tongue and the tongue root gets very tense and that restricts movement not only of the tongue and makes making the words harder, but it also restricts movement of the larynx and therefore access to pitch. So by stretching the tongue forwards, we're releasing some of that tension and freeing up the whole system. Wow. This has been such a fun conversation, Nick. I can like go on and on with you because you have so many aces up your sleeve. (laughs) But I'm sure you have uh, some very beautiful gift for uh, the listeners of Indian Podcasting Revolution. Do mention that. Yeah, so if you head to my website at nicolaredman.com, we can put a link somewhere, I'm sure. There's on the resources page, there's there's a freebies page and there is actually a free warm-up for podcasters on there. It's a video and audio, so you don't have to endure looking at my face doing it if you don't want to. <laughs> there's a video and an audio. So it's just a little intro, five minutes of warming up that can help you before your podcast. And if you're uh, intrigued by that, then buy my book on the mic. On the mic. That (laughs) definitely I'm going to do. So last question to you, Nick, and uh, that is regarding some crystal ball gazing. So as podcasting space is evolving globally, do you see any emerging trends or shifts in how podcasters approach and use their voices? How can podcasters stay ahead and adapt to these changes as well? I think... The one trend that we all have to be aware of is that AI is coming, has come, is here. (laughs) And it's already being utilized for adverts, intros, those kinds of things. So I really think we need to rail against it and be as human and as you as we possibly can. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. Because like you said earlier, it's about authenticity. Let go of the imperfection. Be authentic. So, yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us, Nick. And it was a lovely conversation and you shared so many beautiful tips and tricks. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Hope this conversation helps you with your podcasting journey, whether you are an emerging or an established podcaster. For more such podcast insights, follow Indian Podcasting Revolution. And if you want help with the launch, management or growth of your podcast, check out our website www.dfip.in, which is the acronym for Done For You Podcast. 
because you see we like to keep things simple and yes if you wish to be a part of an exclusive podcaster community join the waitlist from the link given in show notes that's all for pod pros at indian podcasting revolution this week we shall meet again in the next episode